0: Matt Mosley show ESPN central Texas and remember we got national signing day information coming up uh, a little bit later to get you caught up on everything going on with that we got uh, the Baylor women playing tonight that'll be on our air that game has been moved to 730 tonight and uh now we go, though, to uh, Michael Woodson, Baylor men's uh, tennis coach. And, uh, wow, uh, this, is, uh, this is another uh, great opening, uh, this uh, indoor. Uh, I've got you now, Michael. According to this information that I've been reading about, uh, now has 22 sweeps under second-year uh, head coach Michael Woodson. Uh, Michael, do you ever get the brooms out, or are you guys too uh, modest to do something like that?
1: <laughs> yeah, we definitely don't uh, don't break out any brooms. Uh, you know, that, that, that analogy got used a lot last year because one of our players' last name was Broom, so I saw a lot of broom emojis. Uh, it was talked about a lot, but uh, we're going to leave those in the closet.
0: <laughs> yeah, that might not be the worst idea. Before we get into the team a little bit, I, I was... Uh, Kind of curious, I was, I've was, i been playing uh, quite a bit of tennis lately and really enjoying it, and so the Australian Open, I got more excited about it than I have in some time, even to the point, Michael, that, uh, and I know you probably can't do this because you got matches the next day and all that kind of stuff and practice. Do you find yourself, though, as a tennis, uh, a, a passionate tennis fan and coach, uh, do you try to watch some of these, like a 2.30 a.m. Uh, Nadal playing for his, golly, what was it, 21st or 22nd? 21. 21, Yeah, 21st Grand Slam title. Do you stay up and try to watch it live, or do you try not to know who won and watch it like 10 a.m. the next morning?
1: I I think we all, the whole staff does it differently. We're certainly passionate tennis fans. and, And when someone, you know, as great as Rafael Nadal is chasing history like he was, I think we're all paying attention. Um, you know, I, I actually woke, for that particular match, I woke up in the middle of the night to to uh, deal with one of my little girls and was able to turn it on and, and watch a little bit. Uh, so, you know, we're certainly paying attention. We love to watch, you know, watch it on replay, uh, at least some of the five hours and 24 minutes that that match lasted. Uh, you know, so we are busy, but we, we love to watch pro tennis. I think, you know, our guys are, are not far away from that. And so I think it's really good. Uh, developmentally for them as well as informative for us to, to keep our eye on on where the game is and, and where our guys need to go to get there.
0: Uh, bummer that Jensen um, was not able to uh, play in it. I think he had COVID protocols and he got out of the co- uh, protocols, but it was like too late to play in the uh, Australian Open. But uh, I, I would say, Michael, how cool is that to have a guy that part of your program that is one of the up and coming players in in our country and and there seem to be at least some some people in the pipeline now people would always ask you know who's the next American star all that kind of thing but uh what's that like for the program when you see somebody like that start to rise up the ranks and uh, get more and more attention
1: yeah it's incredible I mean you know Jensen was ATP newcomer of the year which only goes to one person it's an amazing accomplishment um You know, seeing what he was able to do really all year, but I think most attention was drawn to how he did at the U.S. Open, and and the opportunity to play Djokovic in the round of 16 was really incredible. Um, You know, he's he's a great young man who's who's growing up, and he's dedicated you know most of his life to. To his passion which is tennis and uh, he's reaching great heights and I think the the future is bright for American tennis and I think he's le- leading the way I mean you could debate him and a couple of other guys as who, who's going to ultimately be the best one but uh, it's exciting to see that for American tennis and to, to have somebody that Um, you know, was part of our program, you know, leading that charge is really special. Uh, We're, you know, obviously bummed that he wasn't able to play an Australian, but he's actually going to be playing. There's a new ATP tour event uh, in two weeks in Dallas, and he's playing. He's one of the headline guys that's playing in it. So uh, we're really excited to have him close. I think, you know, we're going to be able to get him down here onto campus as well uh, during that time. So it's special.
0: Like, Isner needed some help, didn't he? I mean, he's having to be, carry the mantle of American tennis a little bit too much over the years. So it was trying. It's, no, <laughs> you're, you're absolutely right. It's taken a
1: while before we've had, like, a, a crop of, you know, eight to ten guys that look like they can do it.
0: Yeah. Talking to Michael Woodson, Baylor men's tennis coach, number two in the country, and hopefully headed back, uh, going to try to play, get in another Final Four and play for it all. But they got some work to do before they can get there Uh University of Texas coming up on Friday. Uh, what, uh, what, what, what is University of Texas, Michael? This is a non-conference conference matchup, which sounds a little weird, but that's kind of what it is. <laughs> what, uh, what, does, uh, what will this allow you to do? I, I would imagine it's a good check to kind of look at where you are. I mean, Texas is not far removed from, a, uh, from its own uh, national title. What, uh, what, what will this kind of allow you to do early in the, early in the season?
1: We we want to be able to t- to play the best teams uh, and and have a really tough schedule for our guys to see where they're at and and where we need to go if we're going to have a chance to to compete for the title at the end. So to play a team like Texas early on um, is is just a really good measuring stick for us. You know we've uh, we've had success so far this year. I believe our guys are improving and uh, you know we're starting to see that we've we've got a team that can really contend. Uh, but you know, we've got some new guys in the lineup that haven't had as, as much experience playing the that level of competition here at Baylor, and so we're excited to see how they handle that environment. Um, you know, how they do against that level. Um, they're showing it in practice. They're showing it in the matches we've had so far. But we really want to give them that test. Uh, you know, because again, you know, the only way to to truly continue to improve is to to get exposed here and there. And I think. You know, Texas has a team that's going to be able to push us, and uh, it's gonna, we're going to need to bring our best tennis if we're going to be able to have success.
0: Michael, I was curious. I wanted to ask you about the transfer portal. We talk about it constantly uh, because we talk a lot of college football on this show. It's become a huge thing in basketball as well. It, it seemingly is, is having a, a major impact on men's tennis as well. Do you now almost have to spend as much time looking at the portal as you do sort of recruiting internationally and, and and recruiting here in the states, like how has it uh, how has it changed uh, the way you approach recruiting?
1: I, I think for us, it it has definitely shifted uh, our focus. I mean, it's just added another element of uh, opportunity. I would say, I think before the portal, it, actually, you know. I, I, you know, for those that don't know tennis was probably the number one sport where uh, most people transferred I think that has to do with international student athletes coming to areas and not really know what they're what not really knowing what they're getting themselves into uh, and so there was maybe some some less than ideal fit so more uh, men and women uh, would transfer than in any other sport uh, but it was hard to know who was transferring um, now you can see it it's it's You know, open to to everyone, all the coaches. And so I think it does make a difference. Um, I think it's, you know, the the stigma of transferring and maybe there being something wrong with the kid or a a, a bad fit or whatever is kind of out the window, Um, you know, which is really nice uh, to for us. Uh, because it allows us to to just continue to focus on our our student athletes and doing the best job that we can and if we can continue to do a good job it will it will attract uh, the best student athletes and and i believe that we're having success on the uh, on the transfer portal because you know our guys here are happy baylor's a, a great institution you get a great private school education and you compete at the top of, of every sport um, and i think a lot of student athletes want to be a part of that
0: are you, are you going to experiment a little bit, you know, with your lineup? Last year it seemed like kind of a luxury that you knew exactly who to pencil in or who to write in uh, in a permanent marker, I should say, uh, at times. What's it, what's it been like on, on that front? Do you have people sort of uh, battling for spots, or has it already kind of settled in for you?
1: You know, we had a ton of depth last year and we thought with COVID that we were going to need to use it. Um, And we were very fortunate that the guys made, uh, you know, great sacrifices to be able to train and compete day in and day out. We didn't have any issues and no injuries. Um, We have uh, similar depth. Uh, We have a little bit smaller team, but we've got, you know, 10, 11 guys that can really contribute um, at the highest level. And so. For us, we're we're certainly still trying to figure it out. I mean, our top three players, um, you know, and and five uh, key contributors returned from last year's team, but we've got some, you know, multiple new guys that can definitely contribute on a national championship team. So, trying to figure out uh, where they're going to go in the lineup and who who's going to you know thrive the most uh, under pressure is is something that we don't know yet. Um, You know, so I think we have to continue to give these guys opportunities and see how they respond and and see who kind of grabs those, um, those spots. But, you know, we feel like it's a good problem to have. We've got options and, and we're going to definitely explore all of them, you know, especially early on in the year.
0: I like to kind of get to know some of these uh, players, you know, some of these guys, uh, Matthias and and others are very familiar to us. Grassi, um, what, what is, uh, what, what have you kind of, uh, you know, how's he doing? It looked like one of the matches against uh, Miami, you know he finished real quickly i think he won i was looking at my notes here like 6360 and that that was over uh, in a in a in a pretty big hurry what's uh what 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 is he uh, brought to the program and what what are sort of the big strengths of his game cuz it looks like he's uh, he's jumped off to a hot start
1: he, he certainly is uh, wampy is a is a special young man um, he's argentinian he was uh, 13 in the world in the juniors uh, and, and comes to us from Central Florida where he was a key contributor on a top 10 team, uh, you know, playing at two and three in the, in the lineup. So, you know, we really knew what we were going to get uh, with him. He's a, a tall lefty uh, with very clean, you know, big hitting from the baseline. Uh, you know, the biggest thing for us is, is helping him understand how to use his leftiness, we like to say. <laughs> uh, he he plays flat and actually you know sometimes plays a little bit more like a righty than a lefty and it's a huge advantage to be a left-hander in tennis because there's not that many of them. So um, you know he's he's using his his lefty game and, and a really strong power game from the back and uh, and is able to to move forward and finish around the net, which is is really fun to watch. Um, he's you know started off six and zero in singles and really hasn't been tested too much. Um, you know and and so I think. He's one of those guys like Spencer was last year that he's playing a little bit lower in the lineup, but uh, you know doesn't take away from the fact that he could could play and win uh, probably anywhere uh, in in our singles lineup. So uh, his calm demeanor and and uh, competitive nature has fit in really well with us. Um, you know, not to mention he's a very strong student um, in the majors in finance. So he's the total package, and we've really enjoyed having him here.
0: Well, Dean Mazumdurl, like you mentioned in that, over at uh, Hand Camera School of Business, um, that, uh, that's that's good stuff. Uh, who's the most emotional – you were talking about the calmness of uh, Juan P, um, uh, And who's the most emotional player on your team that people seem to really feed off of? Because uh, tennis is an emotional sport, as we saw – I think it was Medvedev who – Maybe took his emotion a little too too far in, uh, in in the Australian Open, but who who do you think is the is the player who others kind of feed off of from an emotion standpoint?
1: I, I think it, you know those are the guys that you you really need on the team, um, and you're always trying to balance, making sure that the guys show their emotion and their positivity with without allowing major swings, because guys that get really excited can also get very frustrated, like you were mentioning. Um, Adrian is our is our leader um, playing number one singles I think he's also our emotional leader he's very fiery on the court uh, and it really carries the rest of the team Um, so I think he's the one that everybody's eyes are drawn to because he plays big and he screams loud Uh, he's very exciting to watch and uh, very intense and and he definitely uh you know, handles the emotions well and fires up the rest of the guys. Um, you know, Finn Bass is, is another guy who plays with a ton of emotion and really likes the crowd, uh, really gets into it. And I think over the coming years, Ethan Musa, who's a freshman, uh, is really going to thrive in that role. Uh, so we, we've liked a lot what we've seen so far, and I think uh, those guys are the ones that, that lead us day in and day out. But interestingly enough, You know, there are some guys like those that that yell a lot and are very emotional and and Mm -hmm. everybody knows they're bringing it day in and day out. But the ones that are calm and quiet that really get fired up in big situations are the ones that kind of carry the team and push them over the edge, um, you know, to have Ah. success. And so guys like Matias or Wompy that are typically more quiet when they get fired up that that, that's when we know we're doing something well because it's very genuine it's it's not that often um and everybody kind of gets a lift when when they go off so um it's a little counterintuitive to what you would think but the ones that surprise you are the ones that get everybody
0: going I think I bet I bet it's kind of like the old uh, EF Hutton or something you know when uh, and and so that's uh that's an interesting deal did you uh Michael, did you like the whatever Medvedev said? What did he say? He said, "How do I say it? You are a small cat." I think is what he told the umpire. <laughs> I, I got the biggest kick out of that because it just—it was a strange cut down. But he, you know, yeah. usually you're like, "Oh my gosh, they're going to use profanity," and I think that's what he fell on—is he called the umpire a small cat? <laughs> is that right? <laughs> it, it, yes, I mean, you know,
1: it, it can be. It's it's a very emotional. <laughs> um you know and, and I think you see sometimes that that certainly the the head official or the, the umpire in the chair gets the worst of it um, yeah. because there's two two individuals that they're kind of policing that our emotions are you know they're exhausted they've been out there for however long laying it all on the line and 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 the human element of being in the chair is also difficult because you're trying not to be emotional uh, and you might even be fatigued and, uh, you can, you, you have, you're basically, they're not usually telling you how well of a job you've done in the chair. Usually it's only complaints and, uh, trying to remain impartial and, um you know keeping your calm and being the more mature person is it can be very difficult we see that all the time and in, in our uh you know in college tennis as well so uh you, you get some laughs out of some of the things that are said but you also have to take them as an umpire with a grain of salt because you know they they typically don't mean it it's not personal
0: <laughs> yeah, it's uh, <laughs> it is it is interesting to see last thing i had for you did you get to see uh, agassi when he was uh, through town, I, I saw some pictures of him talking to some of the different uh, players on campus. And I was trying to remember who was present for that uh, meeting. Were the Were the, did you know, the guys get to spend any time?
1: In, that was actually out in Vegas. Um, the girls ah, were out there for a tournament, so that's it. we were fortunate enough to have the Bryan brothers and Murphy Jensen and Sam Query here in the fall. Um, yeah, you know, so yeah. similar, you know, level of uh, you know just incredible talent and and great success and and just legacies um you know here in our locker room they spend a lot of time with the guys and just so much wisdom and and knowledge helping them understand because they also played college tennis and won national championships what it's like to be in those environments and how they can continue to push each other and reach for their green their goals and dreams individually and as a team and so Uh, You know, it's rare that we get opportunities like that, uh, but to be at a place where we can provide those for our student-athletes is really special. So uh, not something we soon forget.
0: Yeah, and in fact, watching doubles, uh, I'm an insomniac, so I like to watch all that late-night stuff. But uh, 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 curios, you know, those two, uh, uh, the the Australians were taking on each other in the doubles finals. Yeah, yeah, and those guys were childhood friends. I almost get the sense that Curios uh, enjoys doubles more than he – you know, his singles, he's obviously got some emotional issues that he doesn't seem to be able to always keep intact. And, and it's almost like having someone out there with him helps keep some of that intact. I, I may be reading too much into that, but uh, I, I, I get the feeling he has a lot more joy playing doubles than he does singles.
1: Be- being out there with another person uh, who can hold you accountable, can kind of keep you focused, uh, and makes it fun, um, you know, is, is something that, you know, I think that's the, a thing that Kyrgios struggles with is some of the stuff that comes along with playing at that level isn't that much fun. It's hard. It's difficult. It can be a slog, um, you know, playing this schedule. And so for him, it was very clear that, you know, he had had a little bit of success and Kokonakis had success uh, winning the tournament the week before. Uh, when they lost in singles because they were kind of tired out, they went out there free to play doubles. Uh, and focus their attention solely on that. And, I mean, let's let's be honest, they're two of the best players in the world. So uh, when they go out there and they're focused and having fun and, and their best tennis comes out, they're going to be really difficult to beat. So it was a really special thing to see uh, two friends that have known each other for so long go out there and have that kind of success. Um, you're, you're 100% yeah. right on that.
0: And I'm sure you, Michael, have pulled off one of those through-your-leg shots. Uh, I, I would never want to try that. I could end up in a bad way. But uh, that, was, uh, that was really fun in, in, in that, in that uh, particular match. Well, listen, I, I appreciate it. I've been wanting to catch up with you because uh, I've been very excited about tennis. And it's really fun, you know, that you guys are always ranked so high. And, and, uh, and I can't wait to uh, get to see you all in person soon.
1: Well, thank you so much for for the coverage and the publicity. It's always good to catch up with you, and we hope to see you guys soon.
0: Thanks. There he goes, uh, Michael Woodson, the the coach of the number two ranked uh, Bears, uh, one of the great programs in all of men's tennis, and uh, does a tremendous job.